Thanks for tuning into the Passion Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Nate Schaefer, and I am glad you're here. Now, our church is currently in a nine-week series titled Being a Disciple. Two Sundays ago, we talked about sharing your story. Now, this week, this message is titled Sharing God's Story. We are looking at a method in which we can go out and share God's story with others. So be blessed as you listen and have a great day. So let's do some review today uh, uh, from last week, from part three of our, of our series. So last week we talked about the expected outcome. What was the expected outcome? Can you guys remember or you want to read it with me on the screen? That every disciple maker will share their story with people where they live, work, study, shop, and play. So that every disciple maker will share their story with people. So one of the things we talked about last week is how we share our story. So... First, before we even get to sharing our story, it's important that we listen to their story first. So we need to actively listen in order to identify where they're coming from. We need to uh, we identify where they're coming from, where, where they're struggling, their needs and their pain points. We talked about the pain points last week. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to empower and guide our thoughts and words as we respond. Because it's important that the Holy Spirit is guiding our thoughts and words. Because I don't know how effective it will be if he's not. <laughs> and then the second was to share your story. One easy approach is to, to start by asking, what would you say is the best thing that has ever happened to you? So when you're talking to somebody, one of the questions you can ask is, what is the best thing that has ever happened to you? And you'll get varying responses. Oh, man, I won the lottery. Or, oh, man, I got this amazing job. Or, Oh my goodness, this house just fell in my lap. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Then you respond by asking, may I share the best thing that has happened to me? So there is, there is a way right there of introing Jesus to that person. So your story is, some, called, uh, some call it a testimony. We call it a testimony here. It has three basic parts. Number one, before Christ, how my life was like before I believed in Jesus. Number two, turning point, how I came to know Jesus or why I chose to follow Jesus. And number three is after meeting Christ, how my life has changed since meeting Jesus. So those, that's your story. It's those three parts. And the application from last week, don't be afraid. Know the Lord is your strength and remember the blessing that will come from sharing your story. There's much blessing. We talked about joy last week. That when we share the story, our story with people and we share the gospel with people, we will have an, an abundance of joy that will come over us, and I believe that will happen. So that's just some review from last week. And uh, one of the things that we had talked about slightly, but we're going to be talking about today, is sharing God's story. So this week, the message is titled, Sharing God's Story. If you're new here, we're going through a series called Being a Disciple, and we're training our church up in how to go and make disciples, how to share the gospel with the lost and the unsaved so they will come to know Jesus so they can become disciples who go and make disciples. So that is what we're going through right now as a church, and so I welcome you to join us. If you're new and you're thinking, man, after this series or after this message today, you want to join a life group, please see me or see Mark Stewart. Uh, he's in the nursery right now, but he'll be out here. But see me and I can direct you in the right place. All right, so today, what is the expected outcome for today. The expected outcome for the today and this week is that every disciple maker will make disciples by sharing 
God's story. Let's just say that together. Is that all right? All right. It says, the expected outcome is every disciple maker will make disciples by sharing God's story, by telling God's story. That's right. Sharing or telling. It's very important that we tell God's story. So let's talk about this. While there are many ways to tell God's story, we're going to look at one method called the three circles. Now you see a whiteboard here and you see my cardigan. I am a teacher today. I made sure I wore a cardigan for my, for my teaching hat. So I'm, I'm not pastoring as much today as I am teaching this because this is really just a good method and I really want to show you how this works. It's really, really cool. And actually a funny story, I was having lunch with Tim a couple weeks ago, Tim Flanker, our outreach and missions guy, and uh, he said, hey, I've been practicing this thing. I don't know if you've heard it. You know, I've known it for a long time, but I've really been working on this. It's called the three circles. And I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. We're going to be talking about that in church. But before he said three circles, he start, starts to draw it. I'm like, that looks familiar. And then he's like, it's the three circles. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do that at church in a couple weeks. So it was really cool just that, you know, we were on the same page with that. But this is really a really cool method. So there are numerous variations to this approach, but uh, we can adapt it as we see fit. The main goal is that we actively and intentionally share God's story with others. So this is the three circles right here, and we're going to add to them. So if you'd like to turn with me to John 3.16, I know this is old news for everybody, but it's good to read. It's good reminder, and it's still the truth of God. If you're new here, or maybe you've never heard this, this is great news for all of us. John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We should praise God for that, shouldn't we? So thank you, Jesus, that you sent your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him, if we believe then we should not perish, but have everlasting life, have eternity with the Father. So sharing God's story is about having a conversation that centers on the love of God and his love for others. Think for a moment how often you have conversations where people share problems or challenges they are facing. Have you ever had somebody just start sharing their challenges or problems that they're facing? So using the three circles can help you turn everyday conversations about problems and challenges into the gospel message, God's story. And that's pretty cool, and that's what I want. I want us to work on this. So you're going to work on this in your life groups as well, and you'll practice this. But I just think this is really cool. Now, it doesn't always happen that way. It doesn't always happen when somebody actually starts sharing their problems. Maybe you're just speaking to them. But it, uh, sharing God's story often stems from listening to other people's stories first. So as we are listening, like we talked about last week, listening to their story, we can start to identify the challenges. They may not be just blatantly saying this is a challenge and that, but we can see from a different perspective, right? As believers, we can see things that they might not see as a challenge or a problem, but we can see that as a problem in their life. So there are many ways people will go about sharing their challenges, anxiety, brokenness, or, or their emptiness. And as you listen, look for an opportunity to pray for them and ask them if you can show them a picture that changed your life. So I hope that this, I hope, 
God changes us, but he can use things like this. So this can be a picture that can change all of our lives, and I hope that we can use this for people. So use this to minister to people. So hey, you just ask him, hey, I, I, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? Can we pray right now? I understand you're going through a lot. And you pray with them. And then after you pray, hey, can I show you a picture that changed my life? And if they say yes, begin drawing the three circles. Pardon my handwriting. I'm not the best at this, and it's a whiteboard, so it's a little different. But the first circle that we have, and you can write this in your notebooks if you want to, but the first picture or the first circle we have is labeled brokenness. So here we have brokenness. Now, most people don't need to be convinced that the world is broken. Amen? That doesn't, you don't have to believe in God to, to know that the world is broken. I mean, just look at, look at politics right now. Look at the crazy stuff that's happening. We live in a very broken world. If you would like to turn with me to Romans 3, 9 through 11, it'll be up on the screens. So glad the screens are working. This is great. So Romans 3, 9 through 11. It says, What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands, and there is none who seeks after God. Now, both personal and worldwide brokenness surrounds us. So as you listen to the trials others are going through, it's important to try to identify what they, are, um, what they have done to escape or to avoid the problems that they have identified. So we have to really pay attention when we're listening. It's not, okay, that's cool, yeah, but I got Jesus. You know, we got to make sure we're really intently listening, because that's how we'll be most Effective, amen? So eventually everything people do to avoid, escape, or find relief from their brokenness will lead back to an awareness of brokenness and emptiness, amen? It doesn't matter what you try, you will always come back to an awareness of brokenness and emptiness, you want to turn with me to Colossians 1, 21 through 23? Colossians 1, 21 through 23. Give you a moment to, to, to turn there. Colossians 1, 21 through 23, it says, And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless, blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So we have to keep in mind that people often use relationships or substances to find healing for their brokenness. And we've all done it, haven't we? So it's not like we're not just looking out there and going, see, they do that. I once tried to find healing through relationships, through substances. 
One was, uh, for me, was wanting to commit suicide, was the ultimate healing for me. Twice. Some people may pursue education, work, success, or money. Money isn't everything. Success is not everything, and it still leaves you empty inside, doesn't it? Sometimes I use that as an escape from life's problems. Well, if I just had a bigger house, I think I would feel much better. Yeah, you might for a moment. Temporary satisfaction. They may even try religion or modifying their behavior in an attempt to fix things. Well, you know what? I think, I think today, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try just being a nice guy. That's what I'm going to try doing today. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna get up, and I'm gonna get out of my bed. I'm gonna get showered. I'm gonna go to work, and I'm just gonna be extra nice to everybody, and that's gonna change everything for me. Though you might have some feeling of joy in you, but you're not gonna experience the fullness of joy that comes from the Lord. Or maybe, maybe you know what? I'm gonna try yoga today. Maybe I'm gonna try doing this really spiritual yoga to center myself. Now, there's nothing wrong with stretching and all that, but we get. We get into this really spiritual side of the yoga, which is not of God. And so we try to center ourselves, try to get to the center, and we get all this peace, but we don't have the peace of God. And so it won't work. It's just an attempt to try to fix things in your life. But the things will not be fixed. They'll still be broken, and you'll still be empty. So as you see here on this circle... There are these lines, and, and what you do is on these lines, you write the things that they're struggling with, their challenges. So, so as an example, we have you know, things that they try to use to fill the brokenness, the relationships, right? We have relationships. Maybe they use uh, money or success, like I said. Money. It's really hard to write like this. This keeps moving on me. Uh, or substances, right? Or maybe they try to use religion, as I was just talking about. So these are just some things that people will use to try to fix their brokenness. The point is to listen to their story and relate to the broken brokenness circle to them. So what you're doing is, is you're relating this circle to them. So you draw a picture based on the ways they have tried to deal with their brokenness. So if they if they haven't if they're not talking, if they're not sharing their story with you, if they're not talking about their brokenness, you can use this as a way of talking about where you were. So these squiggly lines point to the things that you tried to use to fix your brokenness. So, so if they're not speaking, this is an opportunity for you to share your part. Well, you know, for me, like I said, it was, well, suicide was a way to fix my brokenness. Um, uh, if I just, you know, if I got married, that would probably fix my brokenness, wouldn't it? Uh, see, substances, I didn't really, really crazy struggle with, with substances, but... Uh, Sure, you know, religion, but not, not God. Even though I was a Christian my whole life, I, I had a belief in God, I, I tried the religious aspect, but I, I didn't really submit to the truth of God and his love for me. So and I tried those things, 
So there's my brokenness. So you can use that. And this, as you're writing this too, you're writing this in front of them. So it helps them see that you're listening. As they say, if they're the ones speaking and they're saying, man, I, I struggled with cocaine. I'm struggling with cocaine or, or drugs. You can start writing drugs. And for them, it's like, wow, okay, they're listening to what I'm saying. But, but the point here is not so much to focus on their sin, although sin is a big, big deal, isn't it? <laughs> we can't negate sin. We can be like, oh, well, sin's not a big deal. You can be it. Just all crazy and sin as much as you want, and Jesus will love you. I mean, that's false gospel. So the point here is not to focus on the sin, although sin is important. Uh, Jesus died for it, and he wants people to be set free, and he wants to forgive them. The point here, though, is we want to focus on the ways people have tried to deal with their brokenness and their emptiness. So that's really the focus here. You know, it's easier for us as Christians just to be like, well, you're a sinner. You've sinned. But to them, they don't know that. They may not realize that having sex before marriage is a sin against God or living with their significant other is a sin against God. They don't understand that. So this is where God will change that in them. But it comes from us helping them identify where they're broken. Amen? So if you want to turn with me to Romans 1, 24 through 25. Romans 1, 24 through 25. Y'all with me? We good? All right, Romans, it says, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature instead of the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. And even as believers, we can tend to worship the creature instead of the creator, can't we? Talk about our preferences in church. The way we want to see church done. Well, the music was too loud. This and blah, blah, blah. Or I didn't like that one song. There's not enough hymns. There's not enough new songs. That's not worshiping the creator. That's worshiping the creature. So the second circle here is this circle with the heart, and this is God's perfect design. So we have God's design. God's design. So next we want to share with them that brokenness was never God's heart or part of his perfect design. You can even ask them, do you know what God's heart is? Or maybe another question would be, do you know what God's perfect design was. They may not know, or maybe they would suggest things like, uh, well, it's changing behaviors, or it's, it's going to church. Because, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go to church, especially at Christmas, and especially on Easter, because we've got to get in our time. Or maybe it's just doing good, paying it forward. Well, this is where we get to share with them that God's heart is for everyone to have a relationship with him. When life was lived according to his design, it was perfect in Genesis. It was perfect before the fall, wasn't it? And there was no death. There was no disease, no worry, no fear, no anxiety. We were tricked. We were tricked into believing that we could be like God. 
and that there was something better than God's plan for us and his design for us. That was the trick. Well, see, you can, you can be like God. In fact, you know what? You can know all things too, as we read in Genesis. The temptation was to have full understanding, but it's a dangerous thing, isn't it? I'd rather have a God that I, I can't fully understand that I can just trust, <laughs> and that comes through for me. So we have God's design, and then what we do is we draw an arrow from God's design to brokenness, and we label it sin. So God's design was perfect, right? And then, then sin crept into the world. Then Adam and Eve and the fall happened, and so brokenness came into the world. So then we have God's design and then sin that causes brokenness. So we abandoned God, and that's why sin entered the world. Sin is anything against God's perfect design. As a result of sin, we became broken and empty. The bad news is, is this left us with no way to get back to a love relationship with God and his perfect design. But the good news is, do we know the good news? That when we couldn't get back to God, God came to us. The good news is, is that God came to us. And so the third circle is Jesus. And I'm going to put it down here. So we have the third circle, which is Jesus. God sent his son to die for our sins. As we read in John 3.16 just a little bit ago, even though he never left God's perfect design, he was willing to die or to offer up his life as a sacrifice for ours. Jesus became broken and emptied himself out. He became the perfect sacrifice for our sins. But the amazing part is that three days later, he rose from the dead so that we could be restored into a right relationship with God and back to his perfect design. Maybe this is all new for all of you, just this good explanation. But it's amazing. So that we have here is we have the arrow that points here, and it's turn and believe. Turn and believe. You want to turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5? 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5. It says, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered, you to, for I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scripture, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve disciples. So what is our response? We have two things. Jesus tells us these two things. Number one, turn and repent for our brokenness and sin. So we must turn and repent from our brokenness 
and sin. That is the truth. Now, we, we tend to, to share the gospel that way. Turn or, or burn, right? Turn and repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent, repent. We don't talk about God's love or we don't talk about the brokenness and the fact that they don't understand this. So just to point at somebody and say, well, turn and repent. They're going, from what? I don't, I don't know what I'm doing is wrong. So we have to help them identify what's wrong in their life and not just pointing and saying they're wrong. Number two is believe in him as a leader and director of our lives. Accept him as Lord and Savior of your life. Now, you know, we have, we have our... Uh, our mission statement, and we have our core values as a church. We've talked about them frequently, but we have our three uh, action words that we use. Remember, save, disciple, and serve. And so the first, each word that we use, each action word has a Bible verse tied to it. So one of our core Bible verses is Romans 10, 9 through 10. I'm just going to read this real quick. It says that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we have the king. So we have a crown to symbolize the king that he is Lord and he is king of our lives. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now, we've talked about this. Works are important to God, aren't they? But works don't get you to heaven. Salvation, believing in the Lord, professing with your mouth and believing in your heart is what gets you to heaven. So Jesus forgives us of our sin and frees us from our brokenness and all of our emptiness. So Jesus restored us into the right relationship with God so we have an opportunity to receive God's love and grow in our relationship with him. Amen? Because of what he did on the cross, we have that opportunity. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Yeah, that, that's enough right there. If we're in Christ, we're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. That is amazing. Man, that's so good. So reconciliation is very important to God. So then we have a line with an arrow from Jesus to God's design, and we label that restore. Are you guys, are you guys enjoying this? Yeah. Is this good? All right, it's a lot of material to take in, but it's good. 
With this in mind, Jesus tells us to go back into the world that is broken and empty and to share with others a love, hope, and healing found only in Jesus so they can turn from their sins and brokenness into a relationship, a love relationship with God. So what we have here is dots with the word go to an arrow. So after we have found our brokenness, realized we're broken, accepted Jesus, then we get to God's, back to God's perfect design, and then it doesn't stop there. Now we are to go back into the world and share of our brokenness or help identify people's brokenness so they can accept Jesus, be restored back to God's perfect design, and then they can go back into the world that's broken and empty, and they can identify, help identify the brokenness in people's lives, and it's just a big circle. Disciples making disciples making disciples. So no matter where you've been, no matter how broken your lives are, there is hope for everyone, isn't there? Ask if there's anything that is stopping them from at making Jesus king over their life. So when you're talking about this, the big thing is to ask, what is stopping you? If, you, if they've recognized things and you've gotten them to this point, what is it? Why, what's stopping you from making Jesus king over your life? What is it? I encourage you to pray together and then give them this circle. But one last thing we want to add is an arrow down and an arrow up. God coming down in the form of man, dying on the cross for our sins, Jesus, and then raising from the dead, and then ascending back to the right hand of the Father, and releasing his Holy Spirit. Perfect design. Isn't that amazing? How God, we can look at that and we can go, oh, see, whoops. But God had a plan. God has a plan. Though it may seem like, well, God, you know, messed up, maybe. No, he didn't. He had a plan. This is his plan right here. That though the world became broken, he said, I'm going to leave my throne. I'm going to come down there because I love you enough that I will even lay my life down so you could have life with me. Powerful, isn't it? So once you've finished this on a piece of paper or a napkin, then I encourage you to give that to the person and say, hey, why don't you share this with the people around you? Why don't you share this with your friends and your family? So it's important to remember that we are called to share not just the gospel of forgiveness, but of kingdom living. Amen? Not just to say, well, you need to repent and that's it, but... It's beyond that. It's that we are forgiven, but also we live in the kingdom of God. And that there is no denomination that can truly separate us from the Father. I'll stop there. <laughs> so if you want to stand with me, we're going to read this together. We've been reading this every week, I think, for the last month or two. But we're going to read it together. So if you have your Bibles or if you want to turn to the screen, we're reading Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is the theme verse for this whole series. It says, let's read this together. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, 
All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Band, if you want to come forward. Come back up here. Jesus is our king forever. We willingly give up everything we have to follow him. So let's not merely aim for an agreement on a set of statements about man and God. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Insert your name, but you, or just make it personal. You shall receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem or in the Quad Cities, in Davenport, in Moline, in Rock Island, in Bettendorf, and to the end of the earth. So the application today, practice the three circles. If you want to take a picture of this, you can. I guess I'm sorry for my, my handwriting. It's hard to do like this. Practice these three circles, and, and, and then I encourage you, I implore you, and as you, as you talk about it in your life groups, to go share your story and go and share God's story. This is exciting stuff. I am, I am so excited for what God is doing here at Passion and how he's positioning us to share his story. You're going to get to do that here in a little bit on your missions trip. You're going to go overseas and share God's story. And you're going to get to share your story. We get to share it here too. So that's the application. And if you don't know Jesus today, maybe you came today and you don't know who he is, so you don't have that story, please, please, I encourage you. In fact, actually, hmm. is Dustin in the nursery? I'm not Dustin, sorry, Jordan. Dustin? Okay, can you guys, Dustin and Melanie, if you want to raise your hands, would you be available, Kaylee, as well? Sure. Okay. Um, those three, if you guys just want to move out, we're going to sing a little bit. Um, but before we sing the song, I encourage you, if you, if you need prayer today, if you, if you don't have the story, if you're going, maybe, maybe I don't, maybe I've been in church my whole life, but I've not actually fully accepted Jesus, or maybe I, I haven't really recognized the brokenness in my life. So as we, as we sing, as we, as we play here for a little bit, if you just need prayer, if you just need to be prayed for, there's something in your life, please go and get prayed for. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing, what you're sharing in this church, and how you are positioning us to share your gospel, and that you're positioning us for greatness. And Lord, would you begin to tear down the walls of fear that hold us back and give us a spirit of obedience and an excitement to share your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for choosing us <laughs> and loving us first. You are an amazing, powerful, magnificent, wonderful, and holy God, and he Praise your name today. 
And may this message transform us and transform the lives around us. In your holy, precious name we pray. Amen. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you got a ton out of this message. Be sure to check back on our website for the most recent sermons posted. Also, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Passion Church QC. And be sure and hit the like button. Well, have a blessed week and I hope to see you on Sunday.